0: Welcome back to the Mission Women podcast. We are back and ready to start 2022. We're starting off this year with the series on spiritual gifts. We will be learning what they are, how to find out what yours are, and what you can do right in your church community. Join us in welcoming Tricia Satorius today, who is such an encouragement to us always, as she discusses why these gifts are so essential to our church now more than ever. Welcome back to the podcast, Trisha. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about
1: what you've been up to? Yeah, man, life has been crazy. You know, um, just with kids and all the things, my kids are um, at such fun and crazy ages at eight, six, and, you know, Issa just turned three, so um, it's been interesting, (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, they keep me on my toes and um, running Grayson to all of his fun school things and homeschooling Kinsley and managing toddler life. So that's, that's a whole lot of fun.
2: That's not a sh- like a long list at no. all. <laughs> not much going on. Yeah. Man, busy days, but good days.
1: Yeah, right? mom life, yeah. yeah. You know, and I just feel like it's been such a journey for the past few years, um, which seems silly to say because, like, it's been a journey for all of us the last few years. Um, life since 2020 has been— really different. Um, Navigating pandemic world has changed us all in one way or another, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I really just believe that God has used this time of change and pressure and anxiety to just shake up old foundations and allow them to crumble so that we can rebuild upon Him and Him alone. Um, And it's just been a really cool thing to kind of watch in my own life and see play out in other people's lives. For me, it's been a season of stillness that's forced me to really take a closer look at what walking with Christ looks like and uh, to sometimes reconsider my priorities and process through what true worship even looks like and how the body of Christ and local church should be functioning. So um, yeah, I'm excited to kind of get into some of that. Yeah,
2: we're so grateful that you're Here to share a testimony that, like, a lot of people are walking through Mm -hmm. this. Like you Mm -hmm. said, like, it's been a crazy time for a lot of people and a big, Mm -hmm. like, season of transition and adjustment and all of that. So we're so grateful that you're able to share um, your experience and use it to encourage other people, too. So thanks for doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, like, looking back— all this reflection and processing that's happened in these last few crazy years, I feel like in the midst of it, I got myself kind of lost in a way. Um, There was a time of fear and anxiety that began to settle in when churches shut down and life as we knew it got all put on pause. Um, All that I knew church and community to look like was kind of being shaken out from under me and it was frustrating and disorienting for me as someone who has been in a local church since I was three years old. It was a challenge to kind of figure out how to function without the four walls of a church. I remember feeling frustrated and uncomfortable and confused, um, lost and kind of isolated. I'm sure so many people can, Mm -hmm. um, you know, resonate with that. And as a member of a local church and body of Christ, it felt really disjointed and and messy when when things very first shut down like that. Um, But little did I know that this was only the beginning of a sanctifying journey that the Lord had set in motion um, for me personally. God— Um, And what's cool is that God always promises to use our sufferings in these seasons of pressing. Uh, Romans 5 says that we can rejoice in our suffering because they produce endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so that's just like such a sweet hope and thing to cling to during Mm -hmm. these crazy, messy Times that we've all kind of been in, and um, that truth can sometimes be hard to see when you're in the midst of the struggle. But it's always just such an encouragement to me um, that our suffering isn't pointless. It's it's doing something. It's mm-hmm. producing something. God's and at work in us,
2: and that's such an encouragement. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and we're not alone in it. You know, He right. promises you know, to be there with us. And mm-hmm. I love I love that verse. I'm so glad you brought it up. It's a it's a huge. It's a huge hope verse, right? Mm -hmm, For sure. For these times.
1: Something to cling to, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so, I don't know, after that initial shock had begun to fade of, like, you know, everything shut down and in that very beginning scary part, I um, started to move into a phase of kind of wandering, I guess, in a way. Like, not wandering away from Christ um, or from the body believers in any way. Just, um, it was kind of like a wandering and muddling through what— like, made me question, what had I built my foundation upon all these years? Uh, I came to a point where I asked myself, if the local church had been shut down forever and we were no longer in the four walls of a church and we no longer had that establishment to facilitate our faith, what would be left? Like, in other words, as Christians, I feel like it's so important to ask ourselves, what's the substance of my faith? Do we depend on a pastor, a ministry leader, a worship team, a church building, Our ministry roles, or even our friends to be the source and substance of our Christian life? Are those things the main things that we cling to and focus on? Do we allow those good things to become the main things in our walk with Christ? And what would walking in step with the Spirit, and what would your Christian life look like without those things? And I just feel like, I worry that I feel like a lot, for a lot of us in the body of Christ, we would be totally lost and disoriented, kind of like I was in those first few weeks, you know? Um, And it's just like such a challenge for us in this Western culture church that we have, where we focus on, we can tend to focus on production and miss His presence. And we can focus on our roles in ministry structure and forget about the people out in the world that we're meant to be ministering to. Um, I fear that in some ways we've made church something that it was never meant to be. We've made it a bit about us. And um, I've heard this concept likened to the fact that Western church can be a little bit like drive-through culture, Um, drive-through church. Like where in America, we have this consumer mindset where we come to church to be filled up and encouraged and validated. And um, yet the extent of our outreach out in the world is come and see, come and see my church, come and experience how we do church over here. Um, But Jesus said, go and find, make disciples. You, not just your pastor, not just your church. It's a call to us as believers, as the body of Christ. A church where, um, or I just feel like our church and not just our church, but the church (laughs) needs to kind of be awakened, like I needed to be awakened to the function of the body of Christ, rather than being so dependent on the function of church establishment itself. We have to figure out how to do both, how to be in the church and how to be the church in our day-to-day lives, um, both living in community and ministering to the world around us. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. I'm grateful. I remember, like, those first days, and we were just talking about this Mm -hmm. before the podcast. like, oh, my word, this whole COVID thing has been around long enough for it to have phases and repeated phases, and then you have to remember like what it was like, and and like those initial shutdowns, and like who knows what information was credible, right. and you know yeah. all those things, and you're not sure what we're facing. You're not sure, and even now, I'm not sure what we're <laughs> facing. You know, like, like who knows? <laughs> no but, one still knows. <laughs> yeah, but like in those times, like I remember, like I was grateful for um, for the fact that there was, you know, at church there were like, small groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. So people were calling, like, are you doing okay? And, mm-hmm. like, we'd get together for a Zoom small group, which was, mm-hmm. like, the well, yeah. the best the you could, same, do. The best yeah. could do. And it was just, like, we, it was time to be done. And it was, like, okay, it looks like it's nine o'clock. We can be done now. And we, nobody really wanted to be done because we wanted to keep connected with people. And we wanted to keep, um, you know, some sort of, like, Lifeline to each other, going mm-hmm. and reaching out for those lifelines um, was really important at that time because mm-hmm. I, I mean it's so easy. You can see why it's so easy for it to be a very lonesome place in those first mm-hmm. in those first few weeks, especially. And so um, it's just so it's so crazy to think back on those times and them being so like jarring and mm-hmm. so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still in a lot of ways, a lot of ways is. Um, But I I really love a lot of those questions that you posed, too, Mm. like, for us to just—it's, like, a reflection exercise to just think through, like, okay, how have I been thinking about things? How have I uh, let—I think you talked about, like, some of the side stuff be the main stuff Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to, like, our church and faith experiences. And Mm -hmm. I think those are really great questions to, like, continue asking Mm -hmm. ourselves. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad that you brought those up because they're incredibly powerful when you are really yeah. honest with yourself
1: yeah. about what
2: the, the answers to those questions might be.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just had that like this moment of like, man, like if this, what happens if this is forever? Like, mm-hmm. then what? What does church mm-hmm. look like? What does it mean to be the church? What does it look like to, um, To function without four walls, which um, thankfully, I mean, our church did so great with you know, um, like shuffling real quick and
2: and doing online stuff for us and. I mean, Benji Satorius might not have anything (laughs) to do with that coming in clutch. Yeah, my husband did fine. He did fine.
1: (laughs) No, he did really great. It was it was incredible Mm -hmm. to watch. But um, just kind of that just as me um, growing up in church culture and always. Like, Mm -hmm. it was kind of a reality check of, like, man, I've always kind of depended on these four walls Mm -hmm. to facilitate some parts of my Christian life. And what happens if they aren't here anymore? Like, what does it look like then? Mm -hmm. Um, So, and, like, during this time of muddling and these messy convictions and difficult realizations, I really found um, some beauty that God wanted to show me during this waiting time. Um, especially in the early parts where churches were either shut down or all online or there was, uh, we were kind of back, but there was, like, these mandates that I just felt like I personally couldn't do, um, God just began to show me the beauty, um, that there really is in true, a true community of believers around you. Um, I began to learn more about Sabbath rest and not like the rules and regulations of Old Testament Sabbath, but rather the incredible value in a true rest and worship and breaking bread with brothers and sisters in Christ. Some friends and I started to meet regularly um, to worship and pray and minister to one another and eat a meal together. And it was some of the most rich and blessed days that I feel like I've had in almost my 30 years of walking with Christ. Um, I remember looking around one night um, at one of these worship nights at these beautiful people that God had put around me with laughter and tears and worship and candlelight, and I just remember feeling that this was just the most genuine expression of the church that I had ever experienced in all my life. Um, And it reminded me of the early church, you know, how they must have gathered and shared life together and taught and admonished one another and encouraged each other and worshiped together and prayed and served one another. and how together they were, like, a one unified body in, of Christ. It was really cool. That is
0: cool to, like, just, like, even you gave just such a beautiful description of those nights. And just to kind of, like, close your eyes and think of what that really would be like. And to think back into just Scripture and um, just even, like, at in Acts. And, like, this is what they did. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't come to a church to— meet with God. They were meeting with God in their lives and every day in community yeah. with one another, breaking bread, saying prayers, being involved in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just really is a beautiful thing that you experienced. In mm-hmm. um, Acts 2, 42, it said, they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, fellowship, and breaking of bread and prayer, mm-hmm. which is such a beautiful... Um, thing to experience in this modern day Western culture where Mm -hmm. we are so busy, we're so distracted, you know, and to have that moment of like, well, guess what? Everything's closed. This is what, you know, this is what I want you to do and to experience that. It's so beautiful.
1: It was really that. cool. It was kind of like that Acts 242 that you're right. It was almost yeah. like it was, like, playing out in real time. I, I felt like I had, like, this cinematic moment. Of, I was like, <laughs> this is so cool. And, you know, I probably wouldn't have experienced anything like mm-hmm. that um without that pressing of that season of, like, everything kind of crumbling, you know. Um, It was just really cool. And um I just came to see that there's such beauty— in the simplicity of connecting and worshiping in our day-to-day lives rather than keeping those things only for the four walls of the church, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Not that I never worshiped outside of church, of course, but rather just the concept of uh, making worship and community like a lifestyle piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just such a beautiful reminder that we need each other. We need the gift of encouragement. Um, Or or people with the—I remember at some of these nights we would sit around and, um, like, people with the gift of encouragement, they would— give a word of encouragement, and um, worshipers would lead us in a song, and those who are gifted in hospitality would host the nights, and people with wisdom would teach, and people with words of knowledge would give words, and we would we also would take some time to sit around and um, share how God was working in our lives and just give Him glory. It was just such a beautiful picture of what just a lifestyle of that type of thing yeah. could look like. Um, and now moving through, I just feel like, man, I want I want to And churches back, you know, I want to do all of it. Yeah. (laughs) I I want to do this. I want to do all of this. I want to be part of the local church. I want to, I want to have these, these nights with my friends and family. And I want that as a lifestyle, like they did in Acts 2. Yeah. It's, it was so cool.
0: I feel like, too, like just like what I'm gathering from you, it's like you want other people to experience that, right? It's like because you've experienced it and you've had such a powerful, like, experience that has, like, lifted you and, mm-hmm. and made you, like, renewed your spirit and your soul and, mm-hmm. and in your foundation of Christ. And you want others to have that. Like, you have yeah. such a passion for it. Then, mm-hmm. you know, you want people to know, like, there is more than just Sunday yeah. saying hi. And, like, you know, you have to do life. You have to have these moments and say, what's going on with you? I'm going to—I want to pray for you. Can I pray for you right here? Right. And I think that— um That's really great. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's such a great message to put out there, especially in times where we're so isolated, even now. Like, so bizarre. mm -hmm. Like, we were just talking about, it's so bizarre. Like, we are still isolated. You know, I think that's so important to know now. Like, the church is more important now than ever, you Mm -hmm. know? Like,
1: we need each other, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now that, like, things are starting to open back up and the local church is gearing up to function as it once did, I just found myself feeling a little bit like conflicted after like this beautiful Mm -hmm. expression and then also like um, navigating church world in the four, you know, like what do I do with these two two things now? What does that actually look like? Where do I belong in this westernized church structure? And what do I align myself with? And um, how can I serve the local church in a way that brings about depth and community and a more true dependence in Christ alone? Um, So then at the end of the day, I just realized a few things. First is that, like, the local church is super valuable and important, obviously. Like, being a part of community of believers and being underneath the headship of, of wise and gifted pastors like we have here at Mission is crucial to our walk with Christ. Um, the point is that church structure itself isn't an issue. It's how we function within it and outside of it um, that can sometimes be an issue. It's a perspective switch that I think um, is needed in the hearts and minds of the body of Christ. Um And another thing is that the local church should really be functioning as like a launching pad um, into mission focus in our lives. So it's a place where we can be taught, a place where we can be counseled and connected, where we can serve community and be served by others. Um, It's a place where we can find a local community of believers to walk through life with, and all that is like such a beautiful thing. Um, But the local church is meant to be this launching pad, not necessarily the full substance of what our lives as Christians looks look like. Um, there's, there's more, you know? Um, are we connected to other believers in a real and meaningful way? Are we ministering to the people around us in our day-to-day lives? Um, we just can't keep using the local church to facilitate our faith for us. We really have to get in there and, and live it out ourselves. Um, and the last thing is just like the sweetness of realizing that, like. I have a seat at this table. Like, we all have a seat at this table. Um, When it comes to um, understand—what I've come to understand more and more this year is that there's such a beauty in the body of Christ functioning as, like, one unit. Mm. God has given every single one of us gifts and talents um, that He made for us to use for His glory. And how beautiful would it be if we all came together to a church setting ready to— Really walk out those callings. We we need each other, and if we want to function the way that we are meant to, we need to actively use um, and step out in those giftings. So, um, like, there are teachers and evangelists and encouragers and truth speakers. There are worshipers gifted with songs to sing and counselors filled with words of wisdom. There are shepherds that can function as pastors or even as elders to disciple others into deeper relationship with Christ. The point is that we all have a gift. And the church would be more effective and more useful if we came ready to use our giftings, not only within the four walls of a church, but also out in the world, um, and thereby giving glory to our Father in heaven. So it was just one of those things that I just realized, like, we have gifts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, like we're. In, I, I've felt myself sometimes in seasons of floundering of— um, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, but I come here on Sundays and I do this thing and um, you know, but like there's there's purpose and each one of us is a is a part of the body of Christ. Um, and the more that we can figure out and work through, like God, what what do you what are you calling me into here? What what gifts have you given me that you want me to use to embolden the body of Christ and to serve people in my community? Like it's huge. And That's kind of, I feel like, the hope in some of the even this podcast series as we move into spiritual gifts specifically, that um, like the listeners would be encouraged and emboldened in their faith, that they would truly hear in their heart of hearts that they have a seat at this table. Um, Spiritual giftings aren't just for the pastors or the people Mm -hmm. on stage. Mm -hmm. Like, we all have a seat at this table. Um, The local church needs all of our gifts, and so does the world around us. we need to remember that Acts 2 church. They didn't just do church on Sabbath day at the temple. They lived a lifestyle of community and sharing and sharpening one another and living in lo- living their lives as an offering. Um, and this is what I truly think that Christ intended His church to look like. You know, partly, and it's partly why I so <laughs> this is silly, but like love even the name of our church. Like it's like mission. We are on a mission. We are a people of a mission. We are on mission every day. Um, And that's for each and every one of us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I love, like, the encouragement. So, like, what I'm thinking about as you're talking is, like, how it takes vulnerability. Like, it takes a little bit of stepping into it yourself, like you are talking about. Like, it's an intentional step into, um, you know, connecting with people and being available and, um, you know, mission does have i mean like i know i'm like the the announcement person but it's <laughs> like there are so many ways to be connected in different ways here um you know whether it's a small group you know like that's what those are designed for is for these connections and for um for life to be done together cuz like i can that that's something i've experienced before where it's just like i just have loved my experiences in mm-hmm, small groups mm-hmm. at mission and then like myriad uh, different kinds of groups, whether it's Redwood specifically for women studying the word together or whether it's, um, we have a lot of like CR groups and, you know, support groups like like Grief Share, Divorce Care. There's just, there's a lot of avenues, but they're there. And it takes that step of vulnerability to like reach out and try and try again, you know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but as I heard you talking, I, I just felt like, there's there's beauty in the fact that we don't have to be perfect and mm-hmm. we don't have to have all the spiritual gifts. We don't, right. you know what I mean. Like there's not like I have to be perfect to be a part of a church or yeah. anything like that. It just takes vulnerability and stepping out to be a part and then to learn and grow and use those those giftings that the Lord gives you as as a believer in Jesus. So um, I'm just so grateful that you um, have this testimony of your mm-hmm. experience and that you're able to share it with us and. And, yeah, I feel encouraged. Too. Yeah,
0: thanks for sharing. it. yeah. Grow and all of it.
2: Yeah,
1: it's awesome.
2: We can't end there. We have to ask
0: you a very important question. (laughs) It's so important. (laughs) Perhaps the most important question of the night. It probably is.
2: If you're new to the podcast, (laughs) what we're talking about is our um, favorites question, which we love to ask everybody, which is a really, really random favorite question so that we can kind of get to know you a little bit more um, as we we close each episode. So that's our favorite thing to ask is a favorite. question. Our favorite thing is
0: to ask you (laughs) your favorite. <laughs> exactly. exactly. and what is your favorite tv series
1: oh man there's so many good ones um i feel like especially with the invention of netflix oh. and binge watching you can just get into yeah you can go so back many. in time and yeah. watch old ones oh and i do oh, sometimes yeah? i repeat them because oh, they're yeah. so good Yeah. anyways the one that i probably have enjoyed the most and have repeated the most times is parenthood um <laughs> that was a really good one um
2: there's I also a lot love to Downton to Abbey. On. Oh
1: yeah. I feel like it's almost a toss up between yeah, how many which Downton. ones I've watched like how many yeah. repeated times, you know? Um Downton Abbey or They're coming out with more Downton. <gasps> <gasps> they, they are not.
2: Yeah, I just what? saw a preview. It's is coming. it another movie? Is it a movie or is it another so. yeah. series? No, it's That's a movie. A movie? Okay. I think it's a movie. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I'm glad I just made your day. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You so did. <laughs> Downton <laughs> got me through like nighttime nursing feeding.
0: Like I know you're probably not supposed to do that. Aww. You're probably not
2: supposed to train the You're not like, done yet. This episode's <laughs> <not done. laughs> The baby fall back asleep but maybe I'm going to finish this episode. I love do
1: And it good. reminds
2: me of like late nights and creeping downstairs. Aww. I love it. Well would that
0: be your favorite? What would your favorite be? Oh my
2: favorite um, I don't know. I like old TV series. Like, I grew up on, like, TV land on Nick at Night. Oh, Do you yeah. Yeah. Like, I love yes. oh, yeah. I'm yeah, such yeah. A nerd. I love Lucy yeah. and yeah. all of that. Yes. But I, was, I would have to say, like, those aside, probably The Office— because oh, yeah. The Office is also, I guess I love TV shows because they're hilarious or great in and of themselves. Um, but they also remind me of a time when I was, like, way into them when they started yes. or whatever. And so The Office is college for me with yeah. my roommates. And, yeah. um, you know, before Netflix when it was like, <laughs> it's Thursday night. I like, <laughs> can go anywhere at <laughs> 7 p.m. Nobody else. no. There are, there are the no boyfriends. There is no homework. <laughs> there is nothing that stands in the way of some... <laughs> office and you know like watching in real time like are Jim and Pam going to get together is Michael really going to leave you know all that stuff so anyway I love the office and like sometimes Ryan and I will be watching a more intense show that maybe he's more into and I'm like okay before bed can we just watch Michael Scott be a ridiculous person,
0: <laughs> so I don't have to be like stressed before you can watch I that. Watch that over and over again; over. it will
2: over. always be. Funny. It's always funny.
0: Yeah. It's always funny. I don't yeah. know what they do. It's yeah. just hilarious. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you know it's coming, but it's still hilarious.
2: <laughs> but then they actually do it, and you're like,
0: no way! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. I love yes. it. So, it's what so about good. you, Katie?
0: Well, currently I'm <laughs> watching Dr. Oakley. <laughs> what which is I'm Dr. Really Oakley? Into animal shows, like. <laughs> you know, secret life of the zoo. I'm a really huge nerd. I love anything natural natural geographic. My husband teasingly tells me I should have been a vet, but I don't wanna be a cat and dog vet. I wanna to go to the Yukon and like deal with like caribou and bears big and, like wow. big game animals. So I was like, No, I don't wanna be a vet. You've missed your Colin, you've <laughs> Mr. Colin. I know. <laughs> That's amazing. But also my favorite um, series to kind of watch over and over is Call of the Midwife, which is oh. on Netflix. Oh, it's on my yeah. little infomercial there I love that little
1: TV drama yeah little British that's one I've British never gotten show. into but I've always oh, wanted I to love so. it. it's so, I love it there's such good to.
0: stories of this like just little small poor community and pop, pop, popular 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 <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it right but it's, and that was supposed to be British British so TV is the best <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's it. That's that's anyway, awesome. that's it was so good. so good to see you and to catch up. And yeah, thanks to for talk having about me. All these
2: things. Thanks so much, Trisha.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
2: We are so grateful that Trisha was able to share her story with us today. We hope that her encouragement has given you so much to think through and pray about. And as we think through how to take next steps in our walk with Jesus, we're excited to get you in touch with others here at church who can plug you into some great opportunities to get connected with people and to serve and to grow. But we are super excited about a brand new blog for the women of Mission Bible Church called missionwomen.blog. And you can head there uh, this week, it'll be launching, and you will be able to find the piece that um, kind of inspired this uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, by Trisha and you'll be able to also find other great resources and it'll be something that keeps on growing and populated with a lot of other sources for encouragement uh, for you to find there and also like be looking for more information on what that blog is all about We are also excited to be welcoming Becca Bowles back to the podcast next week. She'll be helping us understand more about the gifts that each believer has been equipped with to lift up the church and bring glory to God. So we are so excited to see you then.